Uh, I think he actually nicknamed his mustache the Fire of Judgment. <laughs> oh, yeah, Michael He's got Brown. an exceptional yeah, mustache. Yeah, Michael Brown does have oh, a yeah. great mustache. Brown, hey, everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. <laughs> it's Jeff. It's episode 169. Zach, how you doing? No, I'm thinking about sex. Oh. <laughs> Andy? Uh, I'm drinking a Walmart carnival. And spilling it all over the place. Scott? Scott. I'm here again. Yes. You are. Blessed. We'll get to Andy's face in a second. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. But it's so funny. I've trained my, I think you've trained me, Andy, that uh, I know you're going to start recording early and catch us off guard. And yet I'm still caught off guard every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, let's get to what. What is Andy drinking? <laughs> Nobody. It's unknowable. For a second, I thought that said Don Cheadle, but it's not. D- it does look like it says Don Cheadle. It's a Don Chilada, Michelada, or maybe it's Michelada, original dry mix inside, fill with ice cold beer. For Wait, the, that's beer? There's beer in there. Yeah. So basically, it's a styrofoam cup. It's a styrofoam cup. You're supposed to put a couple of beers in it, oh. Ma- like a Modelo is what I put in there. And there's a packet of of powder that I put in there too. Oh, okay, it's what all the kids are eating off. Yeah, and and there's the rim is covered in chili lime salt. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, it's a terrible mistake, but I'm gonna follow through all the way. To I the love end. your commitment. And it should be noted, uh, dear listener, that he poured as he's pouring the second 12 ounce beer to fill this cup. It's, um, remember those high school experiments where you make a volcano. Is that baking soda and vinegar, Jeff? Yeah. Yep, it is. And um, a similar effect Why was do you happening. Have I didn't know You're I was You're a teacher. The, oh, it's, oh. You're a school teacher. I remember doing this in my kitchen with my mom years ago when I was like eight. Yeah, you were teaching your mom back then too. I mean, it's just what you do. But it starts erupting <laughs> like that and it looks like, um, thanks for the head not going to lie, it looks blood. Looks like blood. Yeah. And Andy went to town to try to uh, prevent it from going over the top. But man, it was like a Dexter scene in here. Ugh. It was. Actually, now that you mentioned that next time, I mean, I don't do it that often. In fact, it's maybe once every four or five years that we actually make a volcano in my classroom. I'll put some of that John Chilato, Chilata in, in the volcano so we get a red... <laughs> <laughs> red pepper. Is that a Don Gelato? <laughs> a John John Gelato? No, it's Don Gelato, which is almost like enchilada. We're doing gelato it's, volcanoes tonight. Yeah, come on, kids, have a drink. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not good. I, I had higher hopes than this. I don't know why I had higher hopes than this, but I'm going to get hardened arteries from all the salt. Who knows? Maybe that the pick I took will end up on the cover. Andy sheepishly pouring. Speaking of picks being taken. From the party this weekend, which we had, which was a rager and uh, full of lots of music from lots of good friends, and and uh, we invited all the neighbors, I had no less than 10 of my guitar picks stolen by people who were borrowing my guitars. Can yeah. you believe that? Some of them are gold-plated, too, so <laughs> we're coming for you. Those are expansive. Oh, we're coming really? for you, Ariza. You're not, jo- you're not joking. I know Ariza has like three of them. People just take them and they put them in their pockets and it drives me nuts. So they they just casually put them in their pockets when they were walking off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just walked off with it. Huh. For the record, I, I borrowed one. Um, I'm not sure if we should say the names, but somebody that uh, everyone knows. I mean, literally, he's world famous. I'm just kidding. Eric Clapton? I borrowed a pick from an individual after my, my pick had been stolen. My pick was gone from my guitar. And, and the, I, th- I think I ended up stealing this gentleman's pick as well unintentionally. Oh, nice. Good move. Payback. Yeah. That's cool. Was it your own pick that you borrowed back from him? No, I wish. <laughs> this one looks familiar. I wish. This one was a stiffy. Pick talk, pick talk. Yeah, I like uh, point zero two or point twos. Yeah. No. I like a floppy. Yeah, I like a, I like a, a solid medium. I don't go full stiff. Whatever that is. How many millimeters is, is full stiff? According? 0.7. All right. Well, let's let's get out of this hole. I will say very quickly, and there's no need to describe it, other than the mountains are blue, and in this case, the sunglasses are blue. Coors Light. 
It, wow. was, it was in the cooler, still cold from a few days ago at the uh, the um, Lollapalooza we had over here. And so I'm I'm going to yeah, start off right and hydrate before we get get rolling into this thing. It's the Gatorade of beers. Zach Scott, what really are you drinking? Falling off the deep end here, going Coors Light. I'm, I'm worried about Zach. Scott, guys. what heavy drink do you have? Um, I switched it up. I went with oh god, that looks um, that looks dangerous. Uh, traditional Diet Pepsi. Ooh, yeah, there's some yeah. bad stuff in that. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the uh, Diet Pepsi in like the 80s and 90s? It it had this faint taste of Raid to it. Mm. Yeah, no. I didn't. Uh, Why are you tasting diet. Raid, Andy? <laughs> you know <laughs> when you spray Raid and it <laughs> yeah. kind of just like wafts yeah, through the air, right. and you're like, you're, you do it like yeah. cologne, where you do a couple yeah. spiffs yeah. and then you it. walk through you it. Walk through it. Yeah, that's basically what's <laughs> happening. I, I remember tasting my mom's Diet Coke, and I remember it being terrible when I was a kid. But now yeah. it's kind of it's all I drink now. Well, there you go. And Jeff's still rocking the spindrift, man. You're looking good, looking slim. Your face is glowing. I have so much energy. Yeah. Tons of energy. Oh, yeah. What are you doing with all energy? Uh, Hopefully we'll find I'm out here. in about five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Jeff's got yeah. notes here. written down on a napkin. I can't wait. Yeah. And we got a hard out. Hard. Yeah. Okay. So, so hard. Uh, you're drinking a... Anyway, spindrift. I'm addicted to the spindrift. Uh, grapefruit. I'm like grapefruit gives me bitter, bitter beer face, but this stuff is really good. We're gonna make Scotty <laughs> drink an actual beer. I got. I'll get another one. Some glasses. There's all right. I'm upgrading to Harlan Brewing Nelson Nelson IPA. Double Nelson. Double Nelsons on the nickels. <clears throat> Twice the Nelsons. <laughs> so you know it's good. Well, boys, what's on your what's on your mind heart today? Hey, I have a I have an opening clip if you want to play a quick game, yep, Jeff. I do. I do okay. want to play a game. This game is I'm a narcissist, so this game is called What Triggered Zach. Hey Scott, what was the guy's name? Brown? Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Okay. Michael Brown next with Shane Edelman. Reform? Is he reformist? Michael Brown is not. Apologist? He's, he's an apologist, but he's Apo- not he's not a Calvinist. Okay. I think Shane Eidelman's a reformer. Okay. Where can you find Turn it up, dog. Oh, we got an ad. Not great. Two ads in a row. So <clears throat> this is, um, you might know Jerry Jenkins. You, that rings a bell that he is one of the co-authors of maybe the biggest fiction, and I, I would emphasize fiction personally, uh, <laughs> uh, book series in the history of Christendom. Left behind. Oh. No, they, they ended up with like twelve of those. More than you think. More than the Peretti? Narnia. Oh, Narnia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's just like good theology. So, <laughs> <laughs> is this been our, I said <laughs> fictional. <laughs> this, is, this, is our, this is our fake news moment. All right. Thanks for the reporting. All right, uh, crank it up. All right, let's see where we're at. Let's hear that. Let's hear. It. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about this first before we move on to your newest novel. Um, where do you say we are Zach. in your left behind series as a people? If you had to put us somewhere, stop uh, laughing left behind, where would, where are Pause we? it for a second. Why is she laughing so much? She's so, I skipped through the first minute and 30 and as she's setting him up, she is giddy. So is that yeah. one of the Giggling. things for you? No, actually, this pertains to something that Jerry says. Okay, all right. But were you a little bit triggered? Tr- tr- oh, that? yeah. I was <laughs> just like, who is this person? Dude, like, it was it Dr- Take yourself seriously. You're was, a reporter. It wasn't Mark Driscoll. It was uh, the guy was, he was kind of touring around, but he was on with those two guys, and they were just, they were giddy about interviewing him. Who? Uh, uh, Francis Chan? No, 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 no. Uh, tall, Caucasian. Um, Chandler? No, 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 no. Forget good story. It. Hit the clip. All right. Good stuff. We're getting pretty close to the end, I think. Um, you know, we, we have more reason to believe that now than we ever have. Yeah. Uh, it seems like something is coming. Um, you just wonder how long God can tarry as, as sinful and, and restless as the world is. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, yeah. God has a different economy of time than we do. <laughs> Um, he, he wrote in the Bible 2,000 years ago that the end was soon or imminent and that we should watch and wait. And um, we've been doing that all these years. 
But the Bible also says that to God, a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years. So if he waits one more day in his mercy, that would be a thousand of our years. And yet, I don't think there's exactly. any more prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the, the end. And so it could be today as well. I think I, I've got two things in my head, but let, should we go around the horn and see? Well, who, I've got one thing oh, in my so head. No, so we we're trying to guess what, what yeah. triggered Zach. What triggered Zach? Go ahead, Jeff. Wait, me? You yeah. said you got one thing in your head. I actually did. Uh, Andy? Yeah. Was it when he said, God wrote in the Bible? I would go with that one and the whole end times thing. And then the, and then the, the multiplication key that he gives at the end. That was the second one. Uh, so I would go either one of the, uh, well, yeah, either. Uh, An honor God system. Wrote, what, was, what was the first thing you were going to say? Well, because it came up first, it's just the whole idea of the end being near. In time. Okay. Yeah. And Jeff, you know. Uh, I would have been uh, that somehow God's going to give up on his people. Well, you should have piggybacked on Andy's answer. Yeah. Because when, when he said, when God wrote the Bible, someday we'll come up with jingles. He actually uh, said when God wrote in the Bible. Right, when he wrote in the Bible, but that's enough for me. That's, And then he goes on to say the Bible says, and also I didn't pick up on it the first time I listened to it, but when he, he took a literal equation, so yeah. one more day equals a thousand years in God's eyes. Like this guy's pretty literal, like probably even more literal than Scott, pretty, dare I say. Pretty, and pretty literal. Whatever literal means. If you've yeah. listened long enough, and you can tell from Scott's answer about me, you know I have problems with the theology in general. My purpose is not to deconstruct that or get into a, like what's true and what's not true. But if you have a view that God actually wrote the Bible, um, you're going to end up doing weird things with your interpretations because people wrote the Bible. Now, what to what degree God inspired those people is a different conversation, right. but God writing the Bible is going to cause you to um, make some mistakes in interpretation in this podcaster's humble opinion. And Andy wins, and I give it to Scott because I know Scott would pick that up too. Yeah. And, well, and I, and, and Jeff, vice, and, Jeff, you're yeah. on the podium, number three. Good oh, job. Good job, Jeff. Uh, but I, 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 participation award. I don't even care. The, the other, award. the other direction probably, or vice what doesn't versa, trigger Zach, uh, <laughs> would be true as well if you think the Bible is, uh, has no, no right, you input. got a word for me, I yeah. know. No input from God, uh, then you'd come up with some weird interpretations there as well. Yeah. Also, her uh, her moans in the background. <laughs> yeah. There were a little... Yeah. But obviously, I, have a, mm. I, have, I would have a lot to say with on eschatology and on, on the scripture being written, how we got it. Um, but if we don't want to talk about that uh, now, we can, I think we Jeff can has something on. prepared, but yeah. Scott, I've got a couple of, uh, there's a guest I'm working on that, uh, might scratch a little bit of that itch. Okay. He needs the plug. I Give can, him the plug. I submit my cord to you, <laughs> Jeff. Right. Because, we, uh, because if we, if another. we complain, like if we complain about his literal interpretation of the Bible, then we, I guess we would have to check ourselves on our literal interpretation of his words. And so if he's, by saying uh, that God wrote in the Bible, does he really mean, like, are, are you, like, if you take that literally, like God had a pen and wrote down the words on the paper. Well, obviously he, he doesn't mean that. And I don't, Zach, I don't think that you take that's what it means. Yeah, I would, I would say if we were to ask him, like, did yeah. God literally write the Bible? He probably would have an answer that would, more satisfying. Walk me. it back a little bit. However, but it, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the zeitgeist right now of like whether it's defund the police or pick a slogan. And then when you like, when you hear interviews about like, why do you want to, so no more police? And it's like, well, it doesn't actually mean defund the police. And it's like, well, then don't say it, defund the police. Come up with a different phrase or forget I said that. Don't get triggered by that audience. Pick, pick something where it's like, it doesn't actually mean that. Well, then stop right. using I'm it. I'm literally dying of hunger right now. <laughs> That's my favorite. Okay, guys. Actually, Google changed the definition of literally to... To mean also not necessarily uh, literally. Not literally. Yeah. <laughs> because so many people are saying, I literally Whoa. died. Did you say that Google changed the definition? 
I think it, well, I don't know if Google did, but if you Google literally in uh, Google. But you're, been, you're secretly Webster not really the wrong, though, yeah. because Google selects. The, it is the gateway right. of learning yeah. and knowledge. Speaking of learning and knowledge. Scott, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Brown, right? Yes. Okay. Would you, because I, so I, um, I came across the article um, and that doesn't really matter, but it was uh, from Shane Eidelman, who this Michael Brown has Shane Eidelman on. Shane Eidelman is a pastor of West... Ah, Lancaster? West, uh, no. Uh, it's no. in California. We- yeah, West Side, I want to say, but that seems... I'll look... Well, one of us will oh, look Oh, West Side Christian Fellowship. Okay. And it is in California. Uh, Michael Brown, mm-hmm. do you have a little background on who michael yeah, brown is michael brown he he hosts a show called the line of fire okay and he has a school of ministry called i think it's called the fire school of ministry i don't right. like it's too violent already too violent. Right. i don't like it it's the it's the fire of the holy spirit that's meant to help people yes <laughs> <laughs> not the fire of judgment um but uh and, and so he's he it's is, not literally fire yeah. zach <laughs> he's uh i think he actually nicknamed his mustache the fire of judgment <laughs> oh yeah Michael he's got brown, an exceptional yeah mustache. michael brown does have oh, a yeah. great mustache uh and he's he was he's uh he's a jew by lineage um but he believes in jesus actually that mustache would have soaked up the volcano of chalada <laughs> oh, i mean yeah. that thing if if you had michael brown's mustache andy it, that thing would have soaked uh, it right up. You wouldn't yeah. have spilled that okay. blood on the floor. Yeah. Is Scott, like, you, hold on. Jamie yep. from you can stop. So you can stop there because yeah. this is more about the interview of this Shane Eidelman um, talking about revival. Mm-hmm. And and I've heard over this past year a lot of uh, pastors and just churchgoers saying there's going to be a revival. It's going to be a revival in the church. Maybe it's because... Shane is literally hosting a revi- something they are deeming a revival. It's in the title. Yeah. I don't know. But. So I guess technically there is going to be a revival, <laughs> whatever that means. Hey, yeah, right. Get together. We're going to have the revival. Oh, yeah. that uh, Andy is currently showing us the mustache of Michael Brown. Look at the head cocked softly to the left. Yeah. Is that the right? My, my right, his left. <laughs> All right. So it, it just re- says, revival? Anybody, if anybody's it says you're from, safe with me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if anybody's familiar with Raleigh Fingers, New York Yankees, back in like 1980, that's Michael Brown's mustache, just about. It's fantastic. Um, all right. If this so, episode isn't called Michael Brown's mustache, <laughs> and, we're and, failing. And now you're not going to hear any of Michael Brown. Okay. So this idea of revival, and I don't mean having a revival, but. Um, First, this Shane Eidelman is going to define, because uh, Michael's asked him, like, would you define a uh, revival? Yeah. Okay. So why would anyone be on the fence when it comes to the subject of revival? Why is that a mixed or a controversial word to some? Well, it's funny you said that because I'm actually putting the book, um, Oh God, Rend the Heavens, on audio right now. I'm in a, in a hotel room, so I took a break. Uh, here in Riverside, and and I just finished the chapter, Embarrassed by the Spirit, Mm. Don't Extinguish the Flames of Revival. And so I think when you use that term in a lot of conservative churches, churches who hold to the inerrancy of Scripture and truth, just this concept of revival, maybe they're not used to it or what they've seen in the past, videos they've seen, but more importantly, I think it's an issue in their own hearts where they've never experienced that fire and passion for God. And so when you begin to talk about that— uh, they- um, that's interesting. So he's, his idea of revival, he feels is like too progressive, dare I say, he didn't use that word, but it's too much for a lot of conservatives is where he's, he's at right now. Yeah. And he gets to that in another I didn't see it little, going there. A little clip and yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. They, they are challenged by it and they, they're on the fence. They don't want to really embrace that revival fire, in my opinion, at least of what I've seen. So f- for some it's they have negative associations with it. They think it's weird God, or it's emotional. But for others, the real issue is that we're kind of content to live on the surface. We're kind of content to, to live with a non-intrusive Christian faith that doesn't really cost us much, require much of us, challenge us, cause us to stand out as followers of Jesus. But real revival will shake and change all of that. Uh, there, there's a, a great word the Lord spoke to you some years ago, and I, I want to refer well, I and, should get to that. Andy, later. the DSer, is working overtime with uh, Michael Brown. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. 
<laughs> yeah, and so so people like I think what Michael, what Michael Brown was saying there is that people it, it's going to take effort. Revival is more than just going to church on Sunday, and that right. A lot of people, myself included, I I don't do anything. I deal with people, and I shouldn't say deal with people. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put I, up with these. I people. interact with people at church, and my and friends. I, think, and I told like, you, I truth. take the plans from the customers <laughs> to the engineer. Yeah. I have people skills. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the truth the just boxes. came out, Scott. <laughs> uh, but I I interact with, with people at church and my friends, and like I'm I'm not good at meeting people. So I mean, well, just. Yeah, I will say that yeah. I think what we do here are, you know, our humble little podcast is something I think it's been helpful. I know it's been helpful to people um, over the years. And so I think I think that counts. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like we couldn't do more in our day to day, but yeah. it counts. So give yourself a little pat on the back. This is the way to talk to people without talking to people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and some people you can need- talk at them. Yeah. And, and I'm some talking people at that. you, listener. Yeah. All right. So if you were prophetic, you would have just like said a name, like just picked a random <laughs> oh, name. Oh, I had one. That's so funny because uh, Nate just came to mind. Oh, wow. Nate. <laughs> Nate, you're listening to Scott this right now. This episode is for you, Nate. Oh, Nate, you know who you are. Oh, young Nate? Guitar player Nate? No. Bass player Nate. Bass, I don't know. Sorry. Or maybe, the, who knows? Fantastic, Up to the Holy Nate. Spirit. All right, here we go. Nate, if you know. He's continuing. You. What is a revival? Well, it's not camp meetings, and it's not uh, having a revival service or a revival weekend. Uh, it's not. It's not working it up. It's God bringing it down. And so, in simple terms, I think revival is God reviving His people. And you use the word spiritual awakening uh, simultaneously, where where it's crystal clear that God is moving. His manifest presence is here. People say, "Well, He's omnipresent. He's everywhere." True. But there's a difference between God being everywhere and His manifest presence just being in a specific church or a conference or a setting. And Truth you can feel the tangible presence of God convicting and encouraging and, up, and, and building a people, tearing others down. It's, it's just this revival atmosphere. It's, it's ironic. I was going to say this on the Will first you pause point. It? Yeah. Three times he's used the word to define the word, and I still don't know what he's talking about. So I, I think what he's gonna what he's getting at is revival of the church professing Christians being uh, being essentially o- obedient to God in their Christianity that that type of revival. Let's see what he says because he yeah. still hasn't said anything. Also, he's just, he's just said revival is like you know when it's revival, and he it's, said it, revival is not like. It's not those things. Meeting, the camp meetings. The camp meetings, although he is hosting one with Revival in the name listeners. Shut so up. up. Yes. I, I, it, it's brought division to our church mm. and to, to some degree because we have now 100 people at 6 a.m. worship. We have people, the altars been full, and the prayer lines for the prayer meeting, and, and people who are not open are convicted and well that just music is too emotional i can't believe people are at the altar it's just a bunch of of wood (laughs) it's just steps i mean and and you see this wow you you see this contention and i remember one of our worship leaders was camping out on a song for five six seven eight minutes and and just just holy is the lord and and people one one person left and said that's just demonic that's brainwashing wow and but people are being set free Mm-hmm. And husbands are returning home, better husbands, and 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 so you see this interesting I don't believe him. dynamic. That actually, I think he people posit, are scared of. Re- I don't. I actually don't believe him. I don't believe that someone would say that that it's demonic with someone singing "Holy is the Lord" for five to eight minutes. He, I think he made that up. Zach almost said you that think? in two podcasts ago. Um, I thought you were going to say about Tupac. Zach almost said that about Tupac. You shut your mouth. Yeah, actually, rest in peace. Actually. Uh, did DMT over the weekend and I met with Tupac. So, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Man. Yeah, well, I I wrote everything down, so we'll get to that later. Man. You really think he's there? I mean, are people out he, there? He still hasn't described anything. What he's well, he's not actually said what it is. So he is going to describe a um, his own experience, which is why uh, Michael Brown has him on, mm-hmm. and there's something from eight or nine years ago that. Um, he experienced, and um, here it is. All right. With the strength of my presence, the worship team will cease playing. 
time of seeing ah. the same. Is this a word he got that from God? Way, Real quick, well, Jeff resets. Sorry. On the demonic thing, um, I, I've heard critiques of modern worship music that share like concerns that are weirdly similar that I have. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Only my, like, they think they think it's like the repetition and yeah. playing for long times puts people in a trance, yeah. and whips them up in an emotional state, yeah. Yeah. which I think is the case, and I think it's demonstrably scientifically verifiable. However, I don't have the conclusion that it's demonic. I'm like more. I don't want to give people the impression like that's the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. If you don't feel that thing, then you're not yeah. feeling the Holy Spirit. That's my concern, which is very different than. These people apparently that he's talking about are really conservative. Where it's like they they must like just want hymns with a piano or something. Well, and that's what we talked about. That's why referencing two last podcasts or yeah. two podcasts. Yeah, that was podcast. the manipulation that goes on. In, in, yeah. See what in happens music. when you're here two weeks in a row. <laughs> you get to do this. <laughs> yeah, and and people do. They they talk yeah. about like Bethel and Hillsong uh, uh, carrying songs on and just or saying the same phrase over and over that it can put people into a transitive into a, state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I understand what he's yeah. saying, but that's not what he it's described. Like a 7-Eleven song. Um, 7-Eleven? 7-Eleven song. 7-Eleven. It's uh, the same seven words repeated oh, 11 oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, so there's something where you kind of allow like some people in worship when they're very present, especially myself, very present during worship music, that there's some moment that I have with God in that. And there's some people that they listen or they read the word and or they have experiences, you know, while they're randomly exercising or it could be anything. But I think the idea of like playing for five, six, seven minutes, and it might allow those that connect or there's some emotional quality to it that brings things to the surface, whether it's the truth of their life and they're like, they come to grips with things and they're meeting God in this moment. I think there's truth to that, Jeff. Like I I, I don't have a, a dogmatic stance right. on it. It's just... um. It happens. Also, most yeah. most worship songs are at least five minutes long, so it's nothing special. He's just described every worship song ever. <laughs> but to get to the end and like just continue on and continue, there needs on. to be a balance. Sure, looping on "Holy is the Lord." That's the I'm using his words. Like, okay, do we have, do do any of us have a problem with that one? Um, I. I would say in general, no. If there, it could be a problem, if they say "Lord" and Zac Efron pops in your mind, what if uh, <laughs> they were naked on stage while they were singing it? Unacceptable, right? That would that would be a little problematic. But yeah, bringing people to a point where they're they're it's manipulation. They're no I get longer that. thinking about all the cares of the the world, right? And it's like fine, like you shut everything off. How how long does it take for someone to get to that point where they can like where god's the only only thing in their mind finally it that takes i mean it doesn't just happen for a lot of people for me it would take right. it takes a long time and then you could you could totally nitpick the shit out of this like then when you define what what god means to you when you're when you're thinking about god what image do you have and ultimately that's always going to fall short definitionally like whatever you think of when right. you think of god you're falling short, which technically is like you're worshiping an image that isn't God. No, we think it is, and it, it's, yeah. so it's a version of idolatry. I'm not saying we're a little off the beaten path, but, we, but oh, I would. Sure. We took a tangent. Yeah, so okay, let I, me. I, I want to pull, get, pull Jeff just, back in. Let me I would just say though that it's the image of God that God wrote get for this us. Last piece in the Bible. Okay, one one last piece here, and this is Shane Eidelman sharing this, like having a revival but it's more in the holy spirit it's more in the holy spirit that he's having a revival for our church for our nation you're talking yeah eight eight nine years ago and it was just clear as day he just just poured this into my heart and 
I couldn't stop writing. I had a little notepad and uh, just writing and writing. I mean, not a lot. It's just a couple paragraphs long. Uh, and it just, it just, he just poured it into my heart and I couldn't stop writing this and then looking at it, sending it to you and a few others, you know, like, is this genuinely from God? And that's where I think this theme of revival started. I was, I was weeping because it's so true. And I, you want me to read it real quick? Yeah, if, you, if it you've got it, uh, go ahead. If yeah, I got it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I felt that God was impressing me with this. He said, you don't want revival. It will ruin your schedule your dignity, your image, and your reputation as a person who is well-balanced. All that is true. Men will weep throughout the congregation. Women will wail because of the travail of their own souls. Young adults will cry like children at the magnitude of their sin. With the strength of my presence, the worship team will cease playing. Time will seem to stand still. You won't be able to preach because of the emotions flooding your own soul. You'll struggle to find words, but only find tears. Even the most dignified and reserved among you will be broken and humbled as little children. The proud and self-righteous will not be able to stand in my presence. The doubter and unbeliever will either run for fear or fall on their knees and worship me. There can be no middle ground. The church will never be the same again. Do you truly want revival? I love that question of, do you really want revival? Because it's really for me, as I'll put it in my own words, it's about being be, like becoming undone, becoming realizing brokenness. The like he's mentioning, like someone who's conservative, not very emotional, is all of a sudden wrecked, you know, in the front row or something like that, or um, at a like sometimes we have these men's gatherings. Um, retreats and boot camp and stuff like that and people find themselves in a place that they have never been before and they don't know what to do with it but they know that they're overwhelmed and they there's some realization that i've become undone and um yeah well it's all it's also an aspect of sacrifice like giving up something Giving up right. the things that you have deemed important for a long time, mm-hmm. that now you, you're going to give those up for what God is doing in your life. Like that was the whole thing. Your your schedule will be ruined. Right. You mentioned some some other things. Your but, image, but that, yeah. yeah. That's that's part of what he's saying as well, and a lot of people don't want to do that. Where, yeah, it's tough. Where is it biblical that, that the emotional transformation or experience is important? Where does it say that in the Bible? Yeah. See, see, that's why. Yeah, I went with more of a tangible thing, because um, I'm, I'm and plus I'm kind of jaded on the emotional part, so I don't know. Well, so, the thing that the they thing actually that, get into hey, a conversation I, about that. Actually, I love that answer. <laughs> well, I like that. Yeah, and the thing that popped into my head too was, um, I bet all of us can point to times in ourselves and times that we've seen for others where they've had these very big emotional experiences with God. It's called the mountaintop experience for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't last and it fizzles and you go home. And like this is like youth director, youth leader 101, right? How do you avoid the mountaintop experience scenario for your for, for your youth when they're, they're you coming back? You don't do it by taking to a mountaintop for a camp <laughs> and getting them super uh, tired. Then on the last night, there's that call and the kids are just yeah. weeping because yeah. they're so exhausted. No, there, there are. So there are. Well, well, yeah, that is a thing. Like there's yeah. that's baked into a lot of it. So I kept uh, that. What popped into my head was uh, was Romans 12, where it's don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's not the re- the renewing of your emotional state. Well, I, so I it's there probably is a renewal of your emotional state. Yes, it's not necessarily com- coming to an emotional state uh, uh, in that context. But the Bible does talk about uh, the bro- brokenness of spirit, um, the the uh, brokenness for your sins. It says that God will comfort the brokenhearted. And but I don't. I but how actually, do they get to that point of being comforted? I don't think that it. I don't think the Bible tells you to seek out a place of brokenness. I don't think that's in there. Well, no, yeah, right. So and that's where I would make a distinction is that because people are broken, but maybe they don't they don't realize it or they don't have time to think about it, and so now they have they have time to think about it, and 
and they can confront it. I think he said it in that clip that you shared. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've heard, we've all heard this right. and it's been kind of either explicitly or implicitly uh, told to us over time, like uh, to, to seek brokenness, be broken before the Lord. Like you probably have heard these phrases in church over time, right? I think uh, I know a church that does, has done that before. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been emphasized. Repent, I mean, repenting. <laughs> no, no, it's different. Repentance and brokenness, I do not think, are the same thing. Uh, well, they, but they they're they're not they're not, not it's not about exclusive. recognizing they're not mutually exclusive, and they they go they do go hand in hand at least at some points. That because why would you want Maybe. to why would you want to repent? The reason is because you realize that what you're doing is not good. You finally realize that what you're doing has hurt yourself or other people, right? And so there's a brokenness there, and that's why you would want to repent. Mine was realizing that I was wrong that of the greatness of Taylor Swift, but <laughs> but that's still not what I'm saying. I'm saying we've heard we're going to make it what it is you're saying. Yeah, that, what I am saying is there that that is what is it you gets saying? Impre- what I is saying <laughs> is it gets impressed upon us that that seeking brokenness is is a goal. That that's an that's an end that we want to try to go after seeking brokenness. In fact, uh, what was that worship song in the late nineties? An F and F holiness, song. I'm holiness is what I long for. Oh, that yeah. one, remember that yeah. one? Holiness, holiness is what, what I, I need. need. Yeah, and oftentimes there would be the brokenness verse. Broken, yeah, it's just right. It's verse five. Brokenness, yeah, yeah. It's the verse. <laughs> it is like verse five. He's not wrong. It's like the secret one. Humbleness. Yeah, and so this get it was verse five out of eleven for the record. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, but but that was it's raised up as this idea that that's the thing that you're seeking after, and actually, I don't think that is the state that you're being that you're supposed to be seeking after. And I don't think God asks us to seek after a state of brokenness, and, and I, I don't think yeah. that's revival. I think uh, okay, hold hold on because I it is, because I a, <laughs> go ahead facilitator his, his talk. So he prefaced it in that the the Holy Spirit came over him and spoke this to him. And he also describes individuals come to recognize I how I can't believe I've lived like this. I'm and realizing your brokenness and coming to recognition and and asking the question why. Well, when you're asking the question why, you're really starting to go into repentance like i i did not i wish i had not done this if jesus showed up right here right now i would be i would be obliterated because i'm still holding on to so much um and that would be bad <laughs> i'm not i'm not laughing i'm not laughing at what you said i'm just i i have this image of you just like weeping at jesus feet and then he's just like does somebody want to get me a beer? I just want to hang out with you guys. You're already good, Jeff. Get up. I took care of this, remember? <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. And I, I in, a, in some ways, I agree with Andy, even if... Gosh darn it. Even if the word Andy always wins. Well, I, I could find things to nitpick. DJ Khaled. But even if you wouldn't use the words that he used, like this wanting to go for brokenness, I think... For a lot of people, going to weekly church becomes that like that little hit that we we teach ourselves to need. Like if if I don't get that, or if I don't have an experience, then you know I'm I'm missing something, or I'm not quite I'm not doing it. And I think it's different words, but it could be describing the same thing depending on the individual. Whereas you know if if you think you have if you're a cat and you're going to church to get the catnip. And you're missing the catnip that's all around you all the time. Um, that's that's the danger and the mistake. That's but why I, I think that the overemphasis on experience may play a role in why so many churches saw so many people leave during COVID because they didn't have that weekly hit that they could get. They lost the experiential part and it they didn't have the foundation. And some of the churches around us I'm stayed open. Guessing these are and, guess, and this grew. Is guesswork. Yeah, and, and, and grew. But I, I think what he's talking. I'm guessing here what he's talking about is lighting that fire in people so that it's not just about Sunday. It's about their whole life and reforming their life or conforming their life to be obedient to God. So I I just, 
yeah, overemphasizing experience. It's not an either or. Right, right. That this, this, the, his effort is revival of the church, not bringing, not a revival in the sense of bringing new people to church. Now that will happen when the church is revived. That will, uh, that will happen, bringing new people in. Uh, but I don't think that's his main effort. I have a question for you guys regarding emotional experiences. Would you classify uh, Paul's experience on the road to Damascus um, as an emotional experience? Uh, so for Scott, part of, partly, yeah. Scott, w- will you just give us a bullet points version of what took place there for the listeners that might not be familiar with the story? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, G- uh, so, Jesus. so Paul just oversaw the stoning of Stephen. And, and then he's on the road to Damascus to persecute more Christians. Um, and he has authority from the Pharisees. Um, so he has legal legal immunity for for persecuting and killing Christians. So he's going to give the jab. And Continue. he's, and he's, persecu- he's persecuting Christians because he, think, he thought he was serving God by putting down this new sect that is trying to say that this Jesus... A cult even. Is this... Yeah, as a cult, and he's, is essentially this Jesus is equivalent or on the same level as God. Uh, but on the road to Damascus, Jesus appears to him, blinds him, knocks him off his horse, and um, and Jesus tells him, according uh, depending on what version you read, why do you kick so hard against the pricks or the goads? Per- persecute me? Yeah, why do you why do you persecute me? Or it said, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, it's hard to kick against the goads or whatever. Uh, anyway, why do you which persecute version you? has pricks? It, yeah, probably I don't King think James. I've ever heard that. Yeah, it's, I haven't it's, either. I think it's in there. Uh, and, First and then, hesitation. And then so Paul, Scott really loves to say that part, but continue because <laughs> it's biblical. <laughs> uh, and then Paul responds with, "Who are you, Lord?" Uh, so obviously, it was, uh, uh, it, w- it was something that it was other than normal it's definitely a mystical experience yeah. why are you using that as an example oh because you andy you had initially asked is there evidence in the bible for i don't remember the words exactly but for emotional experiences mm. or to like weight those or mm. put emphasis behind those yeah and i'm just wondering if if we imagine ourselves in paul day or being paul and being knocked off your horse and having that experience we tend to look at it as one thing from our point of view, but you know, if, like there's, there's some, there's some stuff in Psalms with David for sure. Yeah. yeah. Those are the, I, and actually just to be clear, like I don't mind emotional experiences that, that point to deeper truths, but the emotional experience for the sake of the emotional experience right, is the part right. that I, that I just don't condone. I agree. But because what, I think that fizzles. Right. But if it's transformative, and yeah, I'll give there's an some habitual thing that happens in someone's life, then changes happen and it came through an emotional quality, which yeah. God gave us emotion. Yeah, no, you're right. And, yeah. and deeper truths for me are the things that bring out the strongest emotions. Like when I'm truly hit by that, it's because I'm recognizing and, and, you know, encountering such a deep truth that it is moving, extremely moving. Yeah. It's like um, if you're all the way on the on the head side where you just think of oh just theological truths and the authority of the bible and you're thinking about like apologetics and that's and emotions is basically a zero for you you're missing a big part of what it means to to search after god and you know the converse or inverse the opposite is true if you're all emotion and like there's nothing to back it up. Multiverse. You, you're in uh, danger of entering the multiverse where you, yep, you're blown into uh, Stephen Hawking's black hole. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but Good I will example. say I did have. I mean, I had Sounds gross. What? A- <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> 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 oh man. Gosh. We are not on the road to Damascus. Uh, Get well, out. We got, the, we got the Damascus part. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> but for myself, I think I've described this in the in the past on this podcast, but 
one of my emotional experiences. Um, I would dare call it mystical because I, I can describe it and describe the emotion, describe that I was crying when I was trying to work in public uh, during a period where I was I was really grasping on to my idea of God and trying to figure out what what's even true anymore, God? Are you even there? Like that type of thing. And I was... Are you telling the story right now? Yeah. Scott, I was, will you get the popcorn? I was listening to... Um, yeah, there, thanks. I think oh. it was N.T. Wright. I want to say N.T. Wright, but I don't remember... It might not be, but it was about about Peter and how Peter kept um, denying Christ. Or no, like after Peter had denied Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and then after, I think it's after the resurrection, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And he does it three times to Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the word Peter uses like, yes, I love you, but he's not using the agape, mm-hmm. like the deepest, meaning, most meaningful love. He's using the friendship love. And by the third time... So he's got his fingers crossed behind his back. It's yeah. Like, and I, I th- love you. I think Jesus is using, do you love, do you agape me? And Peter doesn't have, mm. he doesn't u- use the same... Not reciprocal. Yeah. And the third time, I think Jesus comes to where Peter is. Mm. And it's like, it was so affirming of like, Jesus, okay, Peter, you don't have it. I'll, I'll meet you where you're at. Yep. Do you love mm. me in, in the way that you can give back to me? Mm. Then feed my sheep, I think he says. Or I, I could be conflating two stories. Yeah. But, yeah. but like when I was listening to that, it just it spoke to me in a way that was like, you, you're not where you feel like you need to be, and that's okay. And it was just like the bur- burden lifted. Mm. I'm like weeping. Yeah. And it's easy for me now in my head space to like, I can discount that as an emotional experience. And sometimes I do, but enough of that sticks with me to where it's like, no matter what I believe about God, like even in my deepest throes of agnosticism, uh, there's always that, like, there's always that little anchor point, that experience that I can't explain that was so different and real. And it was emotional, but it was, it was deep enough to, I think that will always kind of carry me to where I could never like go full atheist. I almost said full retard. <laughs> that movie, but yeah, that's okay. Now you, you did. Never, you, yeah. never, you never some, do that. I don't say that, but some, some, some would, you know, some just a, one comment on that is, you know, the it's exper- a quote from a movie, the experience that I, the experience that I went through when I, when I accepted Christ at times you've said, oh, I wish I had, you know, an experience like that, but that was a version of, something. I think you have. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, well, and, and what it says here um, in John 21, um, when Jesus asks asks him the third time, Peter, it, John says that Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time. So when Jesus asked Peter the third time that Peter was grieved, now that is an emotional word. Like what what Peter was thinking at the time why? Like, why is Jesus asking me this? I bet he's like, I see time. what you're doing, Jesus. Yeah, I've been walking. I've been, I've been following him for two, for almost three years now. How? Why is he still asking me if I love him? But from Jesus' perspective, what is Jesus trying to accomplish there? Hmm. You know, if we if we take the 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 idea of well, God knows the beginning, the end from the beginning, or or however you want to say it. He, he and he knows the heart of Peter. Jesus is trying to accomplish something with his questioning him these three times, and we could say potentially bringing Peter to a point of maybe even an, an emotional point of like I, I like I'm making a point here. You, you need to be sure that you want to follow me. And Peter was grieved that Jesus. This this is time. like the Goodwill Hunting where he's like, "It's not your fault." Yeah. Yeah, and he just presses in. It's not your fault. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not your fault. He keeps pressing until he actually gets, yeah, deep into the heart. Um, because we all have, we all have those. I'm gonna start sobbing into those, Robin Williams' shoulders right now. Those calluses, <laughs> right? And we, we, we There's might a defense we, there, and we might mentally assent to an idea, but we're not really taking it on internally and having it change our life. But, and the reverse is true, right? 
I can also take something on very emotionally yeah. and it won't have lasting change in my life. Yes. And so there was revival in the uh, late 1800s mm-hmm. in, in America. They, and and um, Finney and Ferb. Charles Finney and oh. Ferb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ferb. Yeah. Ferb and Finney. Um, ah, that was the late 90s. It was on Nickelodeon. You're close, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. Keep going. <laughs> it wasn't the 1890s? It was the 1990s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finney's um, and Ferb. But yeah, they would, they would go around... Um, and preach in different areas in the the you know the, in the East Coast, and after they would leave, there would be a revival. Yeah, people coming to the Lord, quote unquote. Um, but but then after a short period of time, they people would start leave, start falling away, and what they they called those the the burn uh, the burned over districts. Ooh, and so the fire the fire Whoa. of God the fire of revival would come through, and. But then there's nothing left. There wasn't because it was all emotional, and there wasn't a foundation yeah. uh, to keep people in um, in Christ, and, and so they would fall away. Yeah. yeah, if you're whatever you experience or whatever fires you up, and no matter the label it takes, if it's not causing you to love people the way Jesus loved people, then uh, well, what, but know. it was yeah, and so that that's another aspect. Yes, but th- this yeah, is this is what's, different. But yeah, this was those people. They couldn't even they 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 just believed because probably because of the emotional hype, but then they wouldn't continue in it after yeah, that after yeah. that emotional high left them. I think emotions that are that are connected to deeper truths that are well understood, like well recognized, result in lasting change. It, it, Based upon the individual who is considering those truths, yes. The truths, Thanks, Scott. The truths themselves. Could you turn that up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> the, the truths themselves are real. It's humans who mess that up. Well, yeah. I'm only talking about humans. I haven't gotten into the alien theology yet. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we as humans have these components. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is... Uh, there it's, it seems like there's a good marriage between the, those two things that we, that we need emotions. You, like you said earlier, God gave us emotions. It's part of who we are as human beings and he gave us minds as well. And so those things working together, um, when they're grounded and, and connected to deeper real truths, I think are the times that we find ourselves being, being changed, being transformed. The, the uh, the verse love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, yeah. mind, and strength. Yes. Now and emotions. Oh wait. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe that's the heart part of it. Right. Or the soul. No, part he's of it. literal. He said heart. <laughs> hey guys, literal, literal heart. This, I appreciate you guys listening to this, and congratulations. We're a thousand years because you listen to this on a day. For one day. We're a thousand years. Closer to yeah. the end, and, and that said in in um in Deuteronomy, <laughs> and that was that was what stupid uh, that was said all the way back in Why the Old Testament. That? I don't know. And that's the that's the covenant that God was making with with Israel is that they were to love God with all their heart and soul and mind. And then when Jesus says it, he had he adds an, a, the fourth one. I forget what, which one it was. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's, no, meant it's the to- one we just said. Strength. You could just acknowledge <laughs> that we are correct, Scott. For Sometimes once. next podcast we should talk about the soul a little bit and what that is. Yeah. Oh, but, but what Jesus? I'll bring is- some urethra Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what Jesus is emphasizing is that it's it's the whole it's the it's good grief so stupid it's the I'm whole sorry. person that it it yeah, encompasses it is. your mind and your emotions. Yeah. And your heart and your soul, if those are different than you your mind and emotions, but it's 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 encompassing it. It's yeah. encompassing all of who or what humans are. Yeah. So emotions would be part of that. Yeah. So we can't. Which is I need to get better at is incorporating the emotional aspect. But yeah, sounds like you need a revival. Ooh. I I do. Definitely. We still don't know what it is. No one's actually defined it. <laughs> It's not unknowable, Andy. Yeah. It is unknowable. No. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of things that are knowable, what do you have, Zach? You're looking up something. I was seeing if we had a, a new review to read, but we don't. Oh, uh, you guys Jimmy are slacking off. Us. Come on, leave us a review. 
Or a voicemail. Or a voicemail, anchor.fm slash bbbpod. Or you can catch us on any of the socials at brosbiblesbeer or on Gmail, brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com. Where yeah, I probably we, won't yeah, respond. We will not make fun of your voicemail or Or your last name or anything. We'll play nothing. it, though. We'll but play you guys... Uh, now that we got that out of the way, out of the way, like real quick, you guys consuming anything interesting? I don't think I have a good one right now, but let's 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 wrap it up with this. Ooh, I consumed learning thirty cover songs in about two weeks. Just the <laughs> fact that you consumed, I was telling my wife Lisa, we were talking about just the the show and playing all the songs, and we we did play twenty to thirty songs. Well, Andy played almost. The whole th- time, but this group of how many people? Like thirty people. It was probably 15, 15, 15 musicians and sixty. Well, people some of them are larger than life, so I think thirty. That's true. But feels like it. Um, a lot of we could have made four or five bands out of yes. the people that were there. Good a lot of cover bands. You guys did a great. A job. lot of talent. It was fun. But just the fa- I was laughing at the solo for just what I needed by the cars <laughs> because <laughs> there was a little bit of like. Like in practice, there were a couple times where you nailed it. When we actually played the song, there was a little bit of you. It wasn't off; it just wasn't it. But then you hit the ending, and it, <laughs> list, do yourself a favor, listener, and listen to that song right it's now. So weird. And listen to that solo. It is weird, and just just the fact that you nailed the end of the solo is like that's all he needed to do. You could have just shat the bed the whole solo, but you in that beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> You nail that. That's all people remember. That was my strategy for the whole night for the 17 solos that I needed to learn. I was like, just kind of get the beginning right. So they recognize, oh, this is the solo. Mess around in the middle and just nail the end of it. And uh, hopefully that's what they'll remember. Yeah, that was a good time. I'm still kind of recovering. Not from alcohol, just from output. Yeah, that looked like a lot of work. That was a lot. Yeah, Yeah. but it was satisfying. A lot of awesomeness. What are you guys uh, consuming? I am consuming a show called Seven Seconds on Netflix. It's uh, I think the actress is Regina King. Anyway, the uh, it's a it's a series like I think it's only eight episodes. I'm on like the fifth or sixth episode of uh, a fifteen year old is hit. It's like a hit and run, and Regina King and her husband, the mom and dad, are. She especially is just they're exhausted trying to find out who killed their son, and uh, it's a police officer that accidentally hit. Spoiler. I guess we don't need no, to no, watch no. that now. No, no, no. <laughs> that it's that's that's right from the beginning. Oh, it that's lets like, you know right up front. Right. Okay. And then it's just like the cover up and everything, but Ooh. just it just the actual it's just destroys like her and her husband are church going people. It kind of starts out they're like playing in the. They're in singing in the church and and then you just you start to move forward and it's just brokenness and mm. things spinning out of control. It's a it's and and then people trying to f- hold on to everything as they are trying to uncover, you know, detectives and stuff, uncover what's going on. There's conflict throughout in every which way. And it's it's a fascinating show and it's a good to see the human condition. Um, from so many angles it's good it sounds a little stressful is it stressful um, I, uh, no <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna go on a five minute rant but i That's just right. but, but, say what's, no. but what stresses to jeff is or what some a situation is might not be stressful to jeff but for the normal human yeah it probably is stressful that's true it, yeah what you described sounds stressful Watch the first episode. You'll be hooked. It might be. And stressed. <laughs> so, Andy, you're going to dig in all those. I I walk into your stu- illustrious studio yeah. every week. Yeah. And I just pass like piles of apologetics books. Is that the next thing you're going to start consuming? Yeah. Work is about to let up a little bit. and I don't have to plan a massive show anymore. So, I've got a couple of hours during the week that I can do something. Oh, I kind of want to do some bro psychology right now, but I'll save it on okay. on why the uh, the drive towards apologetics. But maybe we can touch on that another time. Uh, and, and I think we we uh, sh- we shared a Voxer 
yeah. about getting a systematic theology book. Yes. I thought I ordered it, but I guess I didn't. And then yeah. Todd told me he had a bunch that I could borrow from. <laughs> Can you from. believe that, Alexa? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, Amazon. It's actually probably just my own. Yeah. You know, uh, systematic theology, Alexa. Did you mean systemic racism? <laughs> <laughs> ordered 10 copies. But that would be good. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> that would be good if we, uh, to go through it. Like, oh. like just. I thought it'd be. I, I yeah. thought it'd be good. My dad encouraged me. He thought he thought it would be. It would just be a good thing to have under my belt. That's kind of the way he described it. Yeah, very systemic. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. When you could see if there are any, like, are there, are they are they leaving out passages um, that that you should. I'm interested. Consider. I, I, that'd be cool I'm to interested. go through it together. I'm I think, not afraid. I think you guys are kind of wasting all my time here. Yeah. Uh nice one. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not going to say anything that I'm consuming because I don't have a good answer right now. That's just right. beer. I drank Jeff's beer tonight, drinking oh. for two. Yeah. Ugh, I drank two, and it was a terrible mistake. I think that's going to hurt me in the game. Yeah. And he might go diarrhea on the softball field. <laughs> that would be great. It's all red. We're like, oh, don't panic. <laughs> Andy's road to Damascus. You guys got to call an ambulance. This is a good <laughs> Are you going to take us all the way through to the weird solo? I'm going to try to find it right now, and we'll play uh, it. Hey, guys. Uh, guys. Let, hey. It's in the middle. Enjoy good music. Enjoy each other. Kiss your family. Hug them. Love them. And if whatever you do and pray and however you worship, if it's not causing you to love more, then you're doing it wrong. (laughs) This has been Bros Bibles and Beer. I am Zach for Andy, Scott, and Jeff. And enjoy this solo by Andy McCraw. Speak for myself. (laughs) 